On your Wednesday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Raptors didn't trade for Jakob Pertl at the deadline. They traded for Yaquil O'Neal, apparently. We'll dig into Jakob Pertl's incredible 30.6 block game against the Magic and how he's making everybody on the Raptors just a little bit better on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopi. Get that garbage out of here. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1343 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, February the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show at Locked On Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your audio podcast app of choice. We are, of course, also on YouTube. You can go hit the big red subscribe button over there, and it's very much appreciated when you support the show on the tube. I believe we passed the 2,900 subscriber threshold. Let's push that to 3K Shall we? All right. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right. On today's show, the Toronto Raptors take down the Orlando Magic 123 113. And Yakup freaking Purtle, baby. 30 points, 9 boards, 2 assists, 1 steal, 6 blocks, 15 of 17 from the field. We will dig all into Yakup Purtle, why he himself is awesome, why he makes the other players on the Raptors more awesome. We've also got the good, the bad, and the hmm to get into as well as we go on throughout today's show, but let's just dive in off the top here to uh, Jakob Pertl and what makes him just so bloody good and what a breath of fresh air he has been for the Raptors so far in his very short time with the team. You know, I, I think... Obviously, the first couple games kind of getting his feet under him, but it was very clear when he was on the floor, this dude's helping. This dude's addressing problems the Raptors have, even if they're maybe not using him in the way that you'd love to see, the ideal sort of deep drop defense. He still does so much to address things that the Raptors have been lacking for literally years now that, you know, even if they're not using him in the optimal way just yet, he's still doing everything to help this team. And look, I don't want to go and say that they go two-on-one against the Jazz, Pistons, and Magic and suggest that the season is saved or anything like that. Although the Magic, a better win than the record would indicate. They've been pretty good of late. I think 17 and 15 in the last 32 now. Uh, They've been a top-10 defense since December the 1st. Like, what the Raptors did to them last night, legitimately impressive, specifically on the offensive end. Um, But overall, I I mean, just how can you not love the stuff Jakob Pertl brings to the table? He's just such a like a, a jolt of refreshment into what we're seeing the team doing we're seeing like the vibes return it seems there's like smile and joy our pal Vivek Jacob last night you know suggesting that there was singing going on in the Raptors locker room with Precious Achua and Chris Boucher something we haven't really got wind of all season long post-game joy for the Raptors and I am starting to feel 
Not that, again, it's three games, it's bad competition, all of that, but the eye test, the way things look on the floor, Jakob Pertl feels like he might just fix most of the things the Raptors had been struggling with for most of the season. Is it too late to turn things around and make it an earnest run at the sixth seed? Maybe, and that's unfortunate. It's it's a bummer they had to make the deal so late in the year. Obviously, would have been great to do that in December or early January, but they have him now, and boy, is he a delight. And again, he kind of, we'll get into a second to sort of the things he does to make others better. We'll talk about Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, those sort of interconnected relationships on the floor, but just like the individual skills Jakob Pertl brings all address such dire needs for the Raptors. In particular, the spacing. And it's a different kind of spacing, right? There's there's obviously the way we talk about spacing in the NBA these days. It's all, well, okay, you got three-point shooters. It's the gravity that they have and the space that that opens up. NBA floor is pretty big space. And there's lots of little pockets of space inside the arc to exploit. And that is where Jakob Pertl seems to be just an absolute wizard. He's so light on his feet and has such a great knack for seeping into the empty spaces that aren't occupied, that offer outlets to guys who might run into trouble on their drives, things like that. He's just such a mechanism of keeping the offense flowing, whether it's seeping into space to get a look, you know, a little float float shot up, which he had a ton of last night, or whether it's uh, seeping into space and then make a connective pass out of whatever the outlet, you know, pass is to him. You know, he, he just, where he occupies space and the way he kind of interprets how each player on the floor, how they're going to dictate the space that, that he can go and occupy. It's really impressive, man. And it's, again, basketball, all pro sports, all team sports are about finding space and exploiting it. And it doesn't necessarily matter where the space is as long as there is space to occupy. And I think Pat Yakupertle just has a great knack for doing that without being a classic three-point shooter. He's so good at not clogging the lane, for example. You know, he's just, I tweeted this last night, he might be a Hall of Famer of knowing where to stand. The old Patrick Redford from Defector uh, sort of just the way of discussing basketball players and how half the battle is knowing where to stand. Jakob Pertl knows the hell where to stand and where not to stand and how to affect the game by where he stands. He's such a great target for the ball, right? You see, you know, a possession might break down. Maybe a dribbler runs into long, you know, thickets of my Orlando Magic arms, which boy, oh boy, the Magic have arms everywhere. It was a difficult night for the Raptors to operate. Of course, all the turnovers they had in this one, 18 turnovers, it speaks to what the Magic do to give you problems. But the way that Jakob Pertl was able to, um, again, just kind of get into those areas where he can be that outlet when guys do run into trouble, just in- incredible stuff. You factor in the incredible touch, that float shot is money. We thought Kem Birch had a float shot. Uh, <laughs> this is a floater, and it's a, it's a really impressive weapon for Yak to be able to exploit. I do kind of wonder if that shot was born out of maybe his desire to not get fouled because his free throws have been historically a big challenge. And if that's his counter to that, all right, I'm not going to drive here. I'm just going to put this floater up and it's going to be money 70% of the time. Uh, Pretty good way to work around a a lack of free throw shooting, although he's been better this season uh, around 60%, which is nice uh, and potentially important down the line. Um, You know, the way he 
just the the footwork with him, man, it's twinkle toes on both ends of the floor, right? You know, he is able to, again, even though they're not using him necessarily defensively in like the ideal circumstance, like they're they're not having him play deep drop. He's coming up to the perimeter, the the level of the screen quite often. Um, You know, a couple instances where he got caught out, got blown by by a Wendell Carter Jr. or Markel Fultz in certain spots, but also had plenty of times where he was wonderful sticking with a Franz Wagner or a Paolo Boncaro in this game. He had a massive block on Franz in the fourth quarter sticking with him in lockstep all the way from the top of the arc down to the basket angling him perfectly to just swat it away it's the little stuff that he does that just makes everything just kind of tick a little bit more honestly watching Jakob Pertl kind of get thrown into this team it's almost like have you ever seen this you know this will happen on tv or something something where you're like looking at a piece of art and the art looks weird and it turns out that it's sideways and then you flip it and then it's like oh the art makes sense to me Kind of what adding a real center has done to this Raptors team, it makes sense again. There's role definition. There is, uh, you know, a guy who sort of connects all the different pieces of the lineup. It's not these five sort of unconnected parts trying to work together in some sort of broken harmony. Yeah, Pertle is able to tie it all together with a sweet little bow, and we're going to make the Marcus Gasol comparisons a ton, I'm sure, just because he's the first center they've had that does things Marc Gasol does since they had Marc Gasol. Very different players, obviously, not the same thing. But what was the the arrival of Marc Gasol? What did that coincide with for the Raptors back in 2019? It was, oh, you've taken this sort of Kawhi Leonard-centric offense, you've taken this Kyle Lowry-driven offense, and you've melded them together with Marc Gasol, that sort of interconnective piece. That is what Jakob Pertl is doing so far for the Raptors. The Raptors have been killing when he's on the floor so far. Um, the starting lineup that they've rolled out the last couple of games of Fred, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Precious, and Pirtle is a plus 18 overall in 43 minutes. That's outstanding. Um, the Raptors' defense when he's on the floor right now is a 103.6 defensive rating. That is right in line with where the Raptors have performed with Christian Coloco on the floor this season. And obviously, Pirtle does a whole lot of other stuff to help juice the offense. The Raptors have 124.1 offensive rating with him on the floor. Um, They're a plus 27 overall with him on the floor so far in his short time with the team. Um, And it's like very clear when he's on the floor, things make a lot more sense. Uh, It's it's a delight, you know. I think uh, he's also, again, he's kind of injected a certain joy into this team, which has been lacking. And I do wonder if that joy of just like, oh, man, look at how fun this guy is to play with. Fred Van Vliet smiling away, has a real pick-and-roll partner to play with. Pascal C. Occam's playing with his buddy. Um, we'll get into some of the lineup connotations that might come when the Raptors are whole again, when Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi are back, and how even Jakob Pertl might help harmonize that situation which has been weird and tension filled on the floor all season long not necessarily in a bad way just in like kind of a goopy ugly way um you know yak i think stands a chance of helping that too it's does the fun go a long way to addressing the sort of season-long chemistry concerns possible like this is kind of always the thing with chemistry and sort of team vibes and whatnot it's like what comes first winning does winning precede good vibes or do good vibes precede winning it might be that winning just makes so everyone's kind of happy and that the vibes are good again. And I think uh, he, he's just, man, <laughs> I'm gushing. I'm gushing over having a real center to watch the Raptors play basketball with. Again, it's just the magic. It's just a one-point win over the Pistons. It's a loss to the Utah Jazz in embarrassing fashion since he came to town. But 
it's very clear this team is playing differently and looks more cohesive and like a real actual basketball team with him on the floor the efficiency obviously the touch around the basket 15 of 17 what a great addition to the Raptors repertoire right they've been a better team getting to the rim this season scoring in close but they've just not really had anyone you can count on time and time again to get to the rim score in those easy areas and Yaka Pirtle is just constantly there waiting to score in those areas it's fantastic we're going to come back on the other side get into why Yaka Pirtle is enhancing other guys' games, in particular, how he's making Fred Van Vliet a bloody pick-and-roll maestro. We'll get to that in just one second here, but first, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy sports fun, easy, and accessible. It's a wonderful way to do it. You don't have to go with the season-long grind of setting your lineup every day. You just get to go in, fire up an entry for each given day with whatever the lineup is in the NBA or any other sport you want to partake in, and enter two to six players. All you're doing is picking whether they're going to get more or less than their projected stats. For example... Jakob Pertl probably going to be projected most of the time in like the teens, low, you know, the, the low double digits for points. Slap that over, baby. Get the take. Say he's going to hit more than 12 and a half points or whatever he's set at. And you're probably going to be in pretty good shape if the Raptors keep on playing through him this way. You can get two to six entries. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry if you get them all right. It's super easy. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And they have safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada and every province except for Ontario at the moment download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on if you deposit $100 prize picks will give you $100 poof into your account what a wonderful deal don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100 with prize picks all right, we continue on here with your first list of the day as we uh, continue on the Jakob Pertl propaganda half hour. It's just, it's really fun to watch a new guy. It's, it's a delight to see what one dude can do to kind of change the tone and tenor of a season of a team. And again, I know it's just the magic and you're probably being like, Sean, what are you doing? It's been three games. This is nothing. But like... I don't know. We've been grasping at straws for something joyous to watch all season long. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it while I can. And I think, again, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about what this can be going forward. And I think a big part of that is how Jakob Pertl makes those around him better. And, like, full stop, he makes those around him better. That is the mark of an excellent basketball player is, yes, obviously, all these guys are incredibly talented on their own, but how do they impact the games of other players on the floor? And we talked on yesterday's show about the screening that Jakob Pertl provides, or we've talked about it a couple times this week, the screening he provides, the extra space that's there to be you know, used by a Fred Van Vliet or a Pascal Siakam, whomever he's screening for. That's incredible. Um, he's also, again, like the way he's just a massive target, the way he can be a traditional good rolling big man who can finish around the basket who can make plays on the short roll the plays on the short roll baby it's just like oh god there's a cutter there there's a guy you know screaming in from the 45 there it's all beautiful um and i think obviously the guy who's benefiting the most right now is fred van vliet because fred van vliet it's like someone who didn't realize they were an outstanding musician, just kind of had the natural inclination for it, and then all of a sudden they get gifted a guitar at age 29 and start just start wailing away. It's kind of like what Fred Van Vliet's going through right now, being granted a pick-and-roll big man to work with for the first time, really, in his career as a lead ball-handling guard. 
back to the you know Marcus Saul days, he was more of an off-ball player in those days, right? He wasn't running a ton of pick and roll. They had Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam for that. And ever since then, I, I feel like it's undeniable that Fred's development as a pick and roll ball handler has been stunted because he's been attempting to throw lobs to Aaron Baines and uh, not so ready Precious Achua and whomever else they've been throwing out at center. The chemistry with Jakob Pertl is clear. Yak is a beautiful target for Fred to try to hit. Obviously, Fred's always going to be up against length. You saw last night against the Magic. There were a lot of times last night where the length of the Magic gave Fred trouble. He had to pick up his dribble. And yet, because Yak is such a massive and accessible and highly presentable target, he's able to feed the ball through an, an, an underneath pass or a bounce pass. He can throw it over the top of the double. And Yak is going to be there with those soft hands to clutch it and go from there, whether it's making a play towards the bucket or making the next play along. And you're seeing like 15 assists for Fred Van Vliet. That's remarkable. And so many of them were a byproduct of that pick and roll action with Jakob Pertl. And you figure it's only going to get better as you go forward here, as you get your shooters in OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. back, the extra space, the extra threat those guys are going to offer. Team's not terribly worried right now about, say, Precious Achua or Scotty Barnes bombing threes on them, but you throw a, a Trent or an OG out there and things get pretty interesting. You know, we'll talk about the starting lineup later on when we get to the good, the bad, and the hmm and what it should be. I'm not saying this should be the starting lineup necessarily, but a closing lineup for the Raptors could be something like Fred, OG, Gary, Pascal, and Jakob Pertl. You get tons of shooting out there. You get extra space. You get guys who can make a play with the ball in their hands. That could be a devastating potential closing lineup for the Raptors. And again, it's because Jakob Pertl enhances everyone around him. You know, it's not just Siakam either, right? You know, not, sorry, not just Fred either. It's Siakam that, that Jakob Pertl is helping out too. Um, you know, he makes the burden on Siakam a lot less than it has been. We know Pascal Siakam over the last couple of seasons has been doubled just about as much as any other star in the league. He's in like the Luka Doncic tier of getting double teamed in terms of frequency. And the Raptors have usually been pretty good working out of those double teams and finding looks. But having Jakob Pertl there, it just makes it that much easier because he's there to be on the slip and catch you in the short roll and make plays from there in four-on-three situations. He, as a roller in the pick-and-roll with Siakam, he sucks defenders in towards the rim as he's rolling because he's an actual earnest threat, and that creates a little bit more space for Pascal Siakam to get to his office around 15 feet for those quick jab-step Js, and, and Jakob Pertl helps that, right? You know, also, credit to Siakam. Last night, it wasn't all that. Last night, it was some ridiculous shot-making over really good defense as the Magic, with all of their length and limbs and, and, and size, prevented him from getting to his spots that he really wanted to get to. Um, but man, oh man, the shot-making for Pascal was ridiculous. 26 points on 15 shots. You love to see that. The combined 25 of 32 for Jakob, uh, Jakob Pertl and Pascal Siakam. Pretty nuts in this one. Crazy efficiency. And again, it, it just, it's... Yak makes everything easier for everybody. He he it just he's such a connective piece. And then on defense too, right? Like he makes everybody's lives a little bit easier. It makes it so you can maybe be a little bit more uh aggressive and jump for that passing lane if you want. You know, get a little closer into a guy with your chest. Because if you get blown by, Jakob Pertl's probably gonna be there to help clean up the mess. There were a few instances last night where there were breakdowns, obviously 70 points in the first half for the Magic. That second quarter was a disaster class defensively for sure. Um, it's not going to, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's not going to be fixed overnight. But Yak is very clearly going to help solve a lot of the ongoing Raptors problems on defense with the way he shuffles his feet, with the way he's able to just 
just kind of be a back line of defense the way a true rim protector should be. Six blocks for him. Nuts. Crazy. Um, yeah, you know, it's just... Uh, I'm loving it, man. I, I think he has an effect on Scotty Barnes as well, too. And I think those two guys, they might be the two guys on the team who like see the floor the best and, and sort of anticipate things coming the best. Obviously, as like a rim protector and Yakapurto, like there's just like that sort of baked in anticipation that comes with conducting a defense, being at the back line, seeing everything develop for, you know, 100 possessions a night over many, many years. There's just that sort of innate understanding of how things develop. Scotty Barnes has that too, where he just constantly kind of sees the next thing almost before other people do. And I think those two guys in particular, their connection is going to be a delight to watch over time here. You know, you'll see Yak hit Pasca or hit Scotty on the baseline in those short rolls with a cut on the baseline. Just like beautiful, perfect, simple pick and roll basketball. That's awesome to see. And the more Yakapurtle flashes that floater and his ability to finish from there, the more that's going to open up those baseline cuts and his passing repertoire as well. And then you'll see the other side of it where Scotty and, and Yak, like Scotty is so great at finding guys in their spots. You know, you saw that the bucket last night against the Magic in the fourth quarter, late in the game as Yak gets to 30 points. It's just Scotty, yeah, he spends some time probing, a bit of a long possession, dribbling the life out of the ball, but then all of a sudden he makes one move, gets a little bit of a corner turn, whips in a pass to Yak right in his spot. He turns around, puts up the floater, and it's good. Like, that's just, those two guys are on the same page. They see basketball like this, and like next level, it seems. Um, you know, there was even an instance early on in the game where Yak uh, kind of was in transition. He kind of slowed up as Scotty was trying to hit him with the pass. I can imagine he's not going to make that mistake again. That feels like the type of thing of two guys learning to play with one another. And those two guys are like basketball savants, really. And I think those two guys playing alongside one another is going to be a delight as we uh, c continue to see that work. It's just... It's so much easier now for the Raptors ball handlers too, right? You know, as much as Scotty has maybe not been able to occupy that screening role that he was so effective in for the last couple months before the deadline, he's able to now flex his muscles on the ball a little bit more because he actually has a screener there opening up space for him, allowing him to get downhill, turn the corner, whether it's for playmaking reasons or to get to the bucket. I think, you know, that, that Scotty, the development of Scotty as an on-ball player, which is ultimately where you want to get him to, that hasn't been a strength of the team so far this season. He hasn't been awesome with the ball in his hands. But with Yakapurtle, that development track gets a lot easier, even if the him sort of screening and working in the middle of the floor is less of a big featured package for them. It's fun, man. <laughs> I know I'm just gushing, and it's it's a game against the Magic once again. But it's uh, it's hard not to look at what we saw last night and not feel very encouraged about what this team could be capable of as they continue to kind of, uh, you know, figure things out, get Yak integrated, get their guys back in OG and Trent. The extra shooting they're going to provide is going to be super valuable. We'll talk about those guys. We'll talk about Thad Young's injury. We'll talk about Malachi Flynn turning out in just a sec here as we get into the good, the bad, and the hmm from the game against the... Orlando Magic, but we'll do that after we tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who make the best tasting protein bars in the game. Let me tell you, 
I'm always someone who struggles with late night snacking, eating horrible foods right before bedtime like a moron. Uh, it's just, it's something I do. It's one of my vices. I enjoy snacks. And Built Bar is a great way to help me wean off of the bad stuff late at night because a Built Bar at midnight just as a thing to fill the hole as a snack, it tastes delicious. It makes me feels it makes me feel like I'm indulging without actually indulging. You get 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in your typical Built Bar a ton of wonderful flavors as well. They've got the Built Bar Puffs, which are, of course, marshmallowy treats. They've got granola bars. They've got all their classic regular flavors. Peanut butter brownie remains, I think, top tier for me. Uh, but there's plenty of other tr- others to try out there as well. So go pick them up. You can go to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and pick yourself up a box of Built Bars. You got cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. It's all there. Go to your local Walmart to pick yourself up some Built Bars. All right, let's round it out here. Your uh, final segment here on your first listen of the day. The good, the bad, and the hmm. From the Raptors' win over the Orlando Magic to send them off into the deadline. 28-31 and 31 on a winning note. Love to see that. One 5 of 6, by the way. The schedule's been very easy. They should have won 5 of 6, but 5 of 6 nonetheless. That's encouraging stuff. They sit ninth in the Eastern Conference right now. Let's get to the good. Good for me in this one, Malachi Flynn. Like, one of the more impressive bench performances I've seen from Malachi Flynn in quite some time. I feel like the thing for me with Flynn is he just never seems like he has any ideas. He's just kind of out there. Nothing will happen for long stretches when he has the ball. Obviously, he'll get those into those moods where he's happy to catch and shoot it a whole bunch. But he felt like he was actually putting his imprint on the game in this one in a more direct way. He had that beautiful and one in sort of semi-transition. That was great. 10 points, two boards, one assist, three of four from the field, two of three from deep. A perfect Malachi Flynn game. And I am excited to see if they start to work him a little bit more in that pick-and-roll combo with Yaka Perta. We've seen the the Fred-Yak duo and how much it seems Fred's enjoying that. If Fred were a foot taller, I think he'd kiss Yaka Perta. He's so bloody excited to have him on the team. Malachi Flynn might be the same. You know, again, coming out of college, he was the preeminent pick and roll ball handler in the entirety of the double of the NCAA. Uh, that's his bag. I, I'm still skeptical of the shot making and just like his general size and strength as an NBA player. But there is going to be hope here for him as a rotation piece, as a backup point guard option next season to make it so the Raptors don't have to go out and find someone to do that or have that be a, a thing that's kind of a, a constant hole on the team. Malachi Flynn working with Jakob Pertl, working in these lineups where he's not overtaxed, where he's not being asked to create a whole bunch, where he's just kind of there to fill in the gaps, play solid on-ball defense on guards. That's been, uh, you know, that was really nice to see against the Magic. We have to see it more, obviously, before I fully buy in to the Malachi Flynn redemption arc or anything like that. But uh, really encouraging stuff to see from him last night with 10 points in 13 minutes. The bench contributions the Raptors have desperately been looking for all season long and they got a couple of them last night chris boucher also really good and by the way a quick shout out to jeff doughton jr who poor guy comes in plays incredible on ball defense he might be the best defensive guard the raptors have right now um had that steal on markel fultz late in the third quarter misses the pull-up three which would have been just a wonderful way to finish off that quarter of really really strong good defense from the raptors but nonetheless you get uh some some fun little stretches there from Jeff Doughton. Nice to see he's getting some looks. Delano Banton, I'm a little less con- a little less convinced of as an NBA player right now. But uh, Malachi Flynn, you're clear good with an honorable mention to our pal Jeff Doughton Jr. Um, let's get to the bad, shall we? 
Thad Young getting hurt. Not great. Uh, kind of came up. I don't know if we've gotten a full report. We might have by the time this posts uh, as to what's going on. But he obviously sprained knee or strained knee, whatever it is. Um, figure it's going to be at least a little bit till we see Thad Young again. And that's tough. You know, Thad, I know, has kind of had mixed reviews as far as what he's done for the team this season. There have been some stretches where he's looked pretty rough. There have also been some stretches where he's looked really good and very cohesive, kind of in a similar vein, honestly, to Jakob Pertl. Different style, obviously. He's not the rim protector Jakob Pertl is, but as a connector, he's there. And he's, he's, he's fascinating to watch on this team, especially when he's playing with better players. And... He's been a decent backup center option. You know, this is the place you got to play Thaddeus Young. He has been a backup center at his like during the peaks of his career of re- in recent years, his sort of late career resurgence. Those peaks have come with him being a backup center, and I, I, you know he's been a, I think a pretty decent option there. Is they've not really used a ton of Precious or Scotty Barnes as the nominal backup center to Yak so far. Um, you know, I, I think there is. You know, uh, uh, lots of like about what Thad brings to that position. It's just uh, if he's not going to be in there, that just takes away an option, right? And I, I think you got to get a little bit creative. The creative thing is not playing Delano Banton. Like, if this opens up more Delano Banton minutes, I am a little concerned just because I don't think Delano Banton is ready for NBA ball right now and may never be, honestly. It's a bummer. I'm rooting for him, but he doesn't do, like, a single role player thing very well. The G League ball dominance is great. Awesome to see when a guy can dominate in the G League, but he can't seem to do that stuff away from the ball other than run in transition, which he's great at, it's it's just a little tough for me as a watch right now. I'd almost rather see a Wancho or even like a Joe Wieskamp get a look there in place of those Delano Banton minutes. Um, so that's going to be a fascinating thing to see what happens if Thad misses time. How do they go about filling in those, you know, it's not a ton of rotation time he's, he's occupying right now, but how do you fill in those backup center minutes? Is it just playing more Scotty Barnes at center? Is it just playing more, more Precious Achua at center? We'll see, but uh, not great. Don't love to see Thad Young get hurt, especially when he's been playing some pretty decent ball of late in a position that's kind of accentuating his strengths. Let's get now to the hmm, and the hmm is, I think, a a question on a lot of people's minds right now, which is, who starts once the Raptors are healthy? For me, I think this is pretty clear, honestly, Um, and I think it's got to be OG running in there and replacing Precious in the starting five they've run out the last couple nights. Again, that lineup's been very good. It's been awesome to see, but add a little bit more shooting in there, and I feel like it could really sing. And OG, the defense that he'll provide, you replace the Precious defense. By the way, Precious, awesome defensively last night. Um, You know, 11 points and 13 boards, but I think really the most impressive thing was just like sticking with Paolo Boncaro and, um, you know, the wing defense he offers. Wing Precious, the the defense there is going to be pretty sweet. And I think any combination where you compare him and OG together in in in-between lineups, that's going to be devastating defensively. Try scoring on that duo on the wings. Um, quite a quite a set of dudes to throw at any set of, of very good wings on another team. Besides the point, OG, I think you put into the starting five. Fred, OG, Scotty, Pascal, Pirtle. If that pops, that gives you maybe some clarity on what you do in the offseason, right? If that lineup really sings, if Yak really is the guy who ties it together, OG maybe gets a little bit more room to participate on offense with no Gary Trent Jr. on the floor. He can be like your three and a half offensive option, at least scoring wise. You know, Scotty will probably have the ball in his hands more, but he's obviously in playmaker mode quite often. Maybe that allows you to accentuate OG's role, give him the sort of expanded opportunity he's looking for, while also just kind of putting out a pretty kick-ass lineup 
And then the bench, you know, you kind of go with Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua, Chris Boucher as your core three, and then Thad Young, if healthy, Malachi Flynn, sort of your next options to mix in. I think that could be a pretty viable rotation for the Raptors. And, you know, I know the sort of concern here is, will Gary Trent Jr. rebuff at the idea of moving to the bench full time? And I almost wonder, like, have we not given Gary Trent Jr. enough credit for his buy-in this season? Because I think he's actually been one of the more bought-in Raptors. He's kind of exterminated a lot of the more sort of gunner-ish tendencies of his game. He's just, he's very much playing within the flow more often than not. And when he's not, it's usually because they badly need him to bail them out late in the clock. He's obviously gotten the critiques from Nick Nurse and responded quite well. When he was coming off the bench, he was super keen and happy about that and and made no stink. He said all the right things all along. And the reporting suggests that actually him and the Raptors are kind of on the same page about him coming back. I wonder if a six-man role for Gary Trent Jr., which coming into the season was a thing we all, a lot of us, I think, really wanted to see. Maybe that is ultimately where he ends up and maybe he's happy with that. Maybe that's something the Raptors can roll with going forward if their plan is to bring most of their guys back here um you know maybe and even just if it's for the rest of this season i think there's some potential there for gary trent jr to be awesome at a bench role and it's not like he won't play heavy minutes right the way if you're gonna run an eight eight and a half man rotation nine man at the best like if you're going to do that, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Gary Trent Jr. to play heavy minutes. He's going to close some games, obviously. There are going to be nights where, you know, Scotty Barnes isn't warranting the closing, you know, duties or OG's not or or Jakob Pertl's, you know, getting exposed in a mismatch or he's getting hacked and you need to take him out. There's going to be times where Gary Trent Jr. gets to close games, even if he's coming off the bench. He's going to play close to starters minutes, I would assume, something around 30 minutes a night. The way that will help trim off the minutes load of the other guys, super valuable as well I think there might be something here for the Raptors to roll with that Gary Precious Boucher trio off the bench with whomever else you want to you know stagger in there ideally starters but if you want to throw a Flynn or a Thad I understand um maybe there's something there maybe just maybe Gary Trent Jr. is the sixth man who was promised for this Raptors team and it just needed the arrival of Yaka Pirtle to make everybody see oh that's the thing that makes a lot of sense um and, and yeah I think just maybe some little, a little bit more credit to Gary Trent Jr. as an adaptable dude who will buy into what's going on. I know he kind of gives off this aura of a gunner who's unconscious and wants to just kind of take shots and ask questions later. It's not really been his M.O. as much as that's maybe the reputation he carries. And I think uh, pretty cool to, to see, to imagine what it'll look like with Gary Trent Jr. as like an ace six man coming off the bench to give those in-between lineups some offensive punch and potentially stagger into some closing lineups as well. Again, that Fred, OG, Gary, Pascal, Yak lineup could be one of their best, honestly. The, the, the way it just makes sense conceptually, I think it would be pretty cool to see as much as it would pain me to see Scotty Barnes not close games because Scotty Barnes, pretty damn rad as well. All right, that's going to do it for this uh, extremely positive episode of Locked On Raptors. I know there's still concern. Oh, should they have made the trade for Yaka Pirtle? Oh my God, the protections on the pick. By the way, the protections on the pick, I know process-wise it's not ideal to have only one through six protected next year going into a season where we're not sure if they're going to be a playoff team or not. But uh, thinking back to the transaction history of Jakob Pertl, they got him, of course, the pick that they used to draft him was what they got in return for Andrea Bargnani, in addition to some other guys. Shout out Steve Novak. Uh, and then <laughs> you trade Jakob Pertl in the Kawhi Leonard trade, an all-time fleecing that wins you a championship, and then you get Jakob Pertl back. I feel like a one through six protect 
protection in lieu of a lottery protection is a perfectly reasonable tax for the Raptors to have paid for all of the fleecings in Jakob Pertl's recent transaction history involving the Raptors. So as much as it's not great process-wise, uh, I've already made my peace with it. Maybe I'm just a giant mark. I am a giant mark for a center who ties things together and throws cool passes, to be tr- totally honest about it. Um, but I do think, you know, ultimately, the cost is what it is. I'm going to enjoy what he's doing now and, and, you know, figure out the offseason stuff later. That's a problem for future Raptors, for future Sean, whatever. Right now, I'm going to enjoy the fun hoops. And Jakob Pertl certainly is going doing a lot to make the hoops more fun in Toronto. We will be back tomorrow with Mark Schindler of The Athletic as we'll talk more about Jakob Pertl and his fit within the Raptors. It's been a blast to watch Yak this week. I'm excited to talk about Mark, who I know is very high on the Pertl edition as well. Surely feeling vindicated after the 39-2-1-6 on 15-17 of 17 game Yak put in last night. Uh, again, Yakil O'Neal, Yak Diesel, whatever you want to call him, He's it. It's great. We're going to wrap it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, we are on YouTube. Please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. It's very much appreciated. It's free to do. It's very helpful when you do it. So please go ahead and just hit that red subscribe button. Even if you're not going to watch the videos, just let them run in the background on mute. That's fine. I don't care. Just help juice the stats, baby. That's it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. In the meantime, go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs as the buds. Timo Meyer? Are they going to go after Timo Meyer at the trade deadline? That sure would be fun. Mike and Dave will have it all broken down on Locked on Leafs for you each and every day. Go check him out. Until then, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye. Have a good one.